global crisis, Bible prophecy, health and preparedness. You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch. Father in heaven, we come before you in prayer to ask for your Holy Spirit to change our hearts. We pray that you would uh, orient us toward your heavenly kingdom and away from ourselves, toward the cross, toward Jesus Christ, and we just pray for a blessing upon this broadcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. We've got a 30-minute news broadcast in store for you today once again because, my friends, we are seeing the fulfillment of Bible prophecy all around us, and that's a, a bittersweet thing. I mean, we're seeing apocalyptic events. We're seeing magnificent events that the world has never seen before take place, and we know that the time is near, that we are approaching the final events of Earth's history. I reported on the broadcast yesterday that the the previous week had really increased the pace of massive newsmaking events around the world, particularly with violence and mayhem that is enveloping the globe. And it continues, right? Uh, we had the J- Japan knifeman. Japan. I mean, you're used to hearing about Middle East, North Africa, violence and terrorism, which is now spreading into the West with a, a, a frightening pace. But one of the most peaceful societies in the world, Japan, this knifeman wanted to, quote, rid the world of disabled people hacked 19 people to death at a disabled care home where he had been fired. And we're looking at this just going, man, some people have lost a grip on reality. And it's as if just the demonic forces of the prince of this world are being unleashed upon the people of this world and just madness is enveloping. And then we had Normandy, the the siege where another knifeman shouted, Daesh, that would be the terrorist group in North Africa and, and, and killed a priest. Uh, I won't even describe the the headline from London Telegraph on how he went about killing this priest and taking nuns hostage in a church before he was shot dead. That's just what's happened in the last day or two. It's really intensifying, but I am really honestly wearying of reporting on the the violence that is increasing. We know this is Bible prophecy fulfilled, so we have to acknowledge it, but then let's behold the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, there's the kind of death that brings life. It's not the senseless killings that we're seeing in the world today. When we behold in the Bible the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, and we see that he is that wonderful, merciful Savior, the precious Redeemer and friend, then when we view all of the insanity of the news headlines and the current events of our time in light of the cross, we see the contrast all the brighter and, and, and he shines ever brighter unto the perfect day as the Bible says. So let's shift gears away from the uh, loss of natural affections and the increase in violence as the Bible predicted would take place. And let's talk about the weather. And I say that not in the trivial sense of, you know, when you're, when you're tired of talking uh, about something meaningful and you want to switch the conversation to small talk, you just talk about the weather, right? Well, in this case, the weather is a serious biblical prophetic indicator. You know, the Bible talks about the, the, the earth 
itself undergoing changes in the last days with earthquakes and 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 all sorts of you know the seas and the waves roaring and the uh the, the stars falling from the skies and, and many of these events have taken place in the past they're increasing now 51 square miles on the hills of north north of los angeles have been have been burned in in wildfires just in the last few days they say that these wildfires are quote moving like a freight train this is a statement from county fire chief daryl Osby. He said, for this time of the year, it's the most extreme fire behavior I have seen in my 32-year career. They're saying this is almost unprecedented to have this level of wildfires going on this early in the dry season. And just consider, by the way, adding that to some of the other things we've been reporting on for months, what we've just been seeing in the United States, the worst multi-year drought in the history of the state of California. The worst year for wildfires in the country in U.S. history, the worst stretch of historic floods that America has ever seen, and one of the worst periods of summer heat right now, just this past week, that the nation has ever seen. So is all of this a coincidence? Well, no. The Bible says that there will be dramatic and climactic types of weather changes and, and natural disasters and of epic apocalyptic proportions, and that's what we're witnessing in our world today. So, my friends, Jesus is coming soon, and this is good news. He's going to come in the clouds of heaven in glory and power to take his children unto his heavenly kingdom, where each one of us belongs. Everyone, even the most unworthy of us, which is all of us, <laughs> even though those of us who feel like the most rotten sinners. He came to forgive and to save and to heal that which was broken. So receive that gospel message, because the time is urgent. You know, we're moving toward those final days. And this isn't some type of, you know, date-setting scenario where we, where we say, you know, this is how much time we have left before Jesus comes. The Bible just says, watch and pray. It just says that the time is near. When you see these things happen, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. So we know it's near. Are we ready? That's the key question that this whole broadcast revolves around. Are we beholding that Lamb of God, receiving his salvation into our hearts? Because when we behold him in faith, we can have the assurance that our salvation will be secure and we will be on the right side of this sheep and the goats judgment day. Now let's shift gears and look at some of the, uh, some other apocalyptic signs and events of Bible prophecy. Sputnik reports Beijing launches combat air patrols over South China Sea. So the continuing uh, indicators and harbingers and and uh, really uh, news making headlines where you see. China actually doing combat air patrols over this disputed South China Sea that has become increasingly uh, controversial and potentially war-making. I mean, they said, we're ready to go to combat over this, and we're not afraid to fight a war with the United States. This is, this is some of the kind of rhetoric that's been coming out of communist China, the second largest economy in the world, the biggest population in the, in the whole world for one country, over a billion people in China. Uh, these things are serious and need to be paid attention to. But on the other side, here in the United States, Christian News reports the California Board of Education has voted unanimously to comply with a state law requiring homosexuality to be incorporated into history and social studies lessons from the second grade and up. So it is law, it is regulatory, regulatorily mandated now in the state of California through the California Board of Education. The law was passed, and it is required in the public schools in California to teach about homosexuality to second graders, to seven-year-olds. 
And so if you ever had any wondering about, you know, maybe we should have our kids not in the public schools. If you're in California especially, I mean, we need to get them out of there yesterday and homeschooling and in a good Christian academy if necessary. And I'll tell you that that's the case really nationwide. California is the most extreme they kind of got you know lead the, uh, the the train over the cliff in terms of the cultural deg- degradation of our era that we find ourselves in, which again the Bible talked about. It said that families would be falling apart. It said that uh, parents and children would be betraying one another and hating one another, and, and so now you see the splintering of the family, and everybody's going in their own direction. You see the attack on the family coming from the government institutions, from the cultural institutions, from the media. It's a total 100% full frontal assault attack upon this sacred institution, the family, because this was the institution God created in the Garden of Eden to reflect his character to reflect reflect his love, self-sacrificing love as lived out in the family proves the enemy wrong. When Satan hurls his accusations, that's what his name means, the accuser. The devil means the accuser. He accuses God. He made a rebellion in heaven with a propaganda campaign against the Most High, thinking that he could sit in the position of God. Well, this whole thing is unmasked. This whole rebellion of the enemy, of Satan, is unmasked when you view the beautiful institution of the family. Husband and wife, husband serving his wife and, and, and sacrificing himself for his wife as, the, as Christ serves and sacrifices himself for the church, Ephesians 5. And, and, and you have the children in, in submission and obedience, in joy and love to their parents. I mean, this is the heavenly universe pictured in one small little object lesson called the family. And you wonder why there is such a onslaught against the family to break this institution down where we're even you know a, a, a social justice movement like black lives matter which may have some legitimate causes and and appeals to it somehow has to slide this anti-family message in that we are we are this is a direct quote from the website black like black lives matter we are committed to disrupting the family uh, what they call the nuclear family they're committed to disrupting it, and they're not the only ones. I don't mean to just pick on them. That's just the one I happened to see lately because they were in the news. I mean, you've got popular political candidates for president writing books like uh, It Takes a Village to Raise a Child, how, how, how three-year-olds should be taken from their families and put in wonderful government facilities to raise the children. Oh, man, my friends, the Bible says that parents, you have the responsibility to impress the commandments upon your children, to talk about them with them as you rise up and as you lie down, as you walk by the way, to write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And we're to do life with our children. You know, the family is an institution that is absolutely crucial in terms of raising up that final generation that will present the final message of hope to this dying and fallen world. And you wonder why there's an attack on the family. Fizz Org reports, speaking of California, we got the wildfires there. We got the wildfire of cultural destruction going through the public schools and indoctrinating the children into these deviant sexual worldviews and evolution and all of this nonsense. And then you also get this report from uh, Fizz Org. Beyond the sunshine, the palm trees, and Hollywood, there is one certainty in California. It's that a massive earthquake will strike at some point. But when the big one hits, a recent report says the western state, California, is ill-prepared, and local officials, as well as major businesses, need to re- do me to face the reality to prevent the inevitable disaster from becoming a catastrophe. 
Drafted by a group of business and policy leaders, the report identifies several key areas that need to be addressed before a quake as strong as a magnitude 8 happens. Notably, aging infrastructure, water supplies, and the risk of catastrophic fires. One of the biggest vulnerabilities, the report states, relates to the Cajon Pass, a narrow mountain pass where the muddy San Andreas Fault intersects with key lifelines, including freeways, railway lines, gas and petroleum pipelines, as well as electric lines. I mean, that's just about everything, isn't it? Every key lifeline to bring power, to bring everything that you need, water. I mean, this this, this is a absolutely serious nightmare scenario if all those things were to be cut off. And that's what this report said. It says a major earthquake on the San Andreas, one of California's most dangerous faults, would cut most lifelines in and out of Southern California, preventing critical aid from reaching some 20 million people and hampering recovery efforts. The quake would also rupture flammable pipelines, triggering explosions and fires that could burn out of control. Anything that comes into Southern California has to cross the San Andreas Fault to get to us. Gas, electricity, water, freeways, railways, says seismologist Lucy Jones, who acted as advisor for the Southern California District Risk Reduction Initiative Committee, which issued the report. Most of the water that we get has to cross the fault to reach us. But when the earthquake happens, you notice how she speaks of it. it, it's coming. It's just, it's not a matter of when, but if, but when. She says, when the earthquake happens, all of the aqueducts will be broken at the same time. She's known as California's earthquake lady. And if the Bible has anything to say about this, you can see it in Matthew 24, an increase in earthquakes and their magnitude and their frequency. We're witnessing it already. I've talked about that on the broadcast before. The pace is increasing already and has been for a number of years in earthquakes in diverse places. When you get this one, look out, folks. We're looking at serious apocalyptic events. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. What does it take to raise spiritually strong young people in our homes? Well, the George Barna research results are in. Parents who have had actual measurable success, who have raised their children to become solid Christian young adults, these parents loved to delve into matters of faith as a family unit. They opened the Bible together during certain set times, but also they used the scriptures as spiritual lessons during those teachable moments in the child's day. Any parents with children in the home need to know this. Write down the DVD title and share it with them right away. It's called How to Raise the Remnant. Now more than ever, parents are in desperate need of solid biblical counsel to guide us back to God's plan for raising godly children in these last days. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior. Precious Redeemer and friend Who would have thought that a lamb Could rescue the souls of men Oh, you rescue the souls of men And we're back. Ah. Boy, do you need that song every now and then. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend. There's a reason that I really enjoy having that song as the intro because 
when it comes down to studying the global crisis and the Bible prophetic events that are being fulfilled in this epic time in which we live with the globally magnificent events before our very eyes taking place, all of that happens in the background of what you see in the foreground, symbolically speaking here. The focal point being the Lamb of God on the cross. Everything falling apart in and around behind this image of Jesus crucified for your sins and buried in the tomb, only to be resurrected from the dead. Because when you see all the darkness surrounding the cross, which, which to the untrained eye looks like death, looks like end, looks like tragedy, looks like loss, and failure. Oh, my friends, it was victory. In spite of what Jorge Bergoglio said, that, that there was the failure of the cross. No, my friends, that was the greatest victory ever. And he came out of the grave to prove it, that he is the creator of life, that he cannot be kept in the tomb. And that truth right there is what can bring us hope. It's what can bring us victory over our own darkness and death and depression and struggles with sin and fear of whatever, when we behold that Lamb of God, we regain our footing. We regain our eyesight, our, our focal vision upon the heavenly kingdom that he has gone to prepare for us. You know, he's our high priest. Jesus is our high priest in heaven right now. The judgment is taking place in heaven right now. And so we are already in the midst of the final day of atonement of this world's history. We call it the 11th hour from Jesus' parable about those who went to work on the 11th hour. But the, the biblical term would be the sanctuary cleansing. This is a reference to the day of atonement in the, in the Old Testament sanctuary service. Study all of this. You, you, you have to understand the times in which we live today. BibleProphecyTruth.com, by the way, is an excellent resource to study out the prophecies to understand what is he talking about with the uh, Day of Atonement that we find ourselves in today. And, and how is Jesus, our high priest in the heavenly sanctuary, what is the significance of this? How do I understand these things? BibleProphecyTruth.com will give you an understanding of where our prayer and our focus and our receiving of the grace of God is placed right now. And it is in the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary. And when we behold that wonderful, merciful Savior, as our high priest, it brings peace. It brings a peace that passes all understanding. By the way, a, a listener contacted me a little while back and said, what is that song? I hear it every time on the broadcast. How can I find this? My friends, I got to tell you, the Neblets, that's, that's the name of the group. You can, you can find it on 11thHourDispatch.com. That's the website, 11thHourDispatch.com. Definitely my favorite musical group ever, uh, the Neblets. It's a family. Uh, they're called the Neblet family. And uh, the voice you hear there, Sean Neblet, uh, God-given, uh, gift, gifted young man. Uh, just enjoy listening to them as, as part of my devotional exercise, just going, going for a walk, going for a prayer walk, listening to that music in the woods. I mean, that will get you grounded. That will get you to take that deep breath, have that experience with the Lord in nature. My friends, you can't go a day without that. 
when you do, when you miss a day of, of, of spending time in the Word, you, you can tell, can't you? I mean, you notice, you start to feel more fearful, anxious, stressed, uh, just, you, you know, you have a temper or whatever it is. Lustful things tend to get you more down. Appetite tends to creep in. It's just life starts to fall apart when you don't have Jesus, right? Because we are the vine. He is the vine. We are the branches, right? We have to remain in him. When you exercise faith in Jesus, it's not something that you just did long ago at an altar call and when you made a decision for profession of faith or to be baptized or whatever. No, no, no. Faith is something you live right now. Are you beholding him? The reason I say all the time on the broadcast, behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. This is the gospel message. Jesus Christ and him crucified. And us beholding him in faith, looking to that self-sacrificing character, looking to that salvation that he wrought out on the cross for us, where he died in our place. When we behold that day after day, moment by moment, then all of the difficulties in our time, in our, in our day, the things that, that the devil throws at us, they can be repelled. They can be repulsed. They can be cast off. And we can say, get behind me, Satan. We can say, it is written. And we have the power of Jesus in our life. That's a beautiful thing. And it takes a commitment. It takes a decision to, to, to put on the beautiful song like you, had, like you heard, the wonderful, merciful Savior, to open the word of God, to get out in nature, to take times to breathe and to just focus your thoughts upon the love of Jesus for you. And all of that gospel message being always the backdrop and most important message of this broadcast. Let's shift gears now into UK Mirror Report that fits perfectly with the subject at hand. Too much time online could damage your immune system and make you more likely to catch flu, research suggests. People with greater levels of internet addiction are more susceptible to coughs and colds than those who spend less time online, according to the study. The research was carried out by Swansea University's College of Human and Health Sciences. The survey, they surveyed 500 people aged between 18 and 101 and discovered that those who go on the web too much have 30% more cold and flu symptoms than those who do not. It also suggested that internet addicts may suffer stress when they are disconnected from the internet and the cycle of stress and relief may lead to altered levels of cortisol, a hormone that impacts immune function. Yeah, cortisol is that hormone that comes up when you, when you have stress and anxiety and fearful feelings and thoughts and it, it, it's, a, it's a hormone that tends to direct the, the, the fat storage in your body right into the middle to the, to the stomach area where it's the least, least healthy place to pack on the extra pounds and, and a lot of that is directed there through cortisol, that, that hormone that, that is, is emotion-based to a great degree and is released when you have this stress and release, whether it's the internet addiction or some other addiction or, or just living in a, in a state of mind that is unhealthy all the time. Previous studies have shown that people who spend more time on the internet experience greater sleep deprivation, have worse eating habits, and less healthy diets, and they engage in less exercise, and also tend to smoke and drink alcohol more. So you want to have more likely chances to get sick with a cold and a flu? Then spend all kinds of time online excessively, and you'll have sleep deprivation, worse eating habits, less healthy diet, engage in less exercise, You'll have the stress and relief thing, and you'll find yourself 
miserable. So how about we get outdoors? How about we limit our time online? I have to do it for work. A lot of us have to do it for work. Do it as little as possible. and <laughs> Spend time in books. Spend time with people. Spend time with the birds and the trees and the trickling, bubbling brook and everything beautiful and good in the heavens which declare the glory of God. That stuff will feed your, not just your physical body to make you healthier, but feed your mind and your brain, which is your spiritual organ, which will give you a greater sense of the presence of God in your day and in your life. It'll give you hope. It'll give you a vision for the future in the word of God. LA Times reports, businesses that ask a job applicant about his or her criminal history during the hiring process could be fined and forced to pay the applicant up to $500 under a new law being considered by city leaders. A Los Angeles City Council committee backed a plan Tuesday to penalize businesses that weed out applicants based on criminal convictions. The rules are part of a law under consideration by the council. Now, you know, I'm so thankful and grateful that in God's economy, there's, uh, there's pure mercy and forgiveness. And when we come before him with repentance of heart, he separates our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. And he buries them in the sea, the Bible says. And so we have the robe of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who liveth in me. What a beautiful promise the Bible gives to us that we can have a new heart and a right spirit, a fresh start. He says, created, David said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew in me a right spirit. Now that's how things work with God. But in this world, the reality is choices have consequences. And those consequences can be long-lasting, even even lifelong. And when you engage in criminal activity, you have broken the trust of society, of friends, of family, of others. And naturally, there will be some things to pay there, unfortunately. And that's sad. That doesn't mean that the person isn't worthy of love. And it certainly doesn't mean that God won't forgive. God will always forgive. But what I find strange about the society in which we live today is we've become so politically correct that it would be considered rude or mean or hateful or whatever for a businessman to ask a very reasonable question of an applicant. Have you been criminally convicted of, of any of any uh, misdemeanors or crimes? Well, yes, you know, there was this one time that I... Uh, you know, I got out of machete and kind of lost control and you know, went after people. What? Wait, what a minute? But, you know, I don't do that anymore. Well, you know, a business may move on to somebody who has had a, a pretty good lifelong record of not doing anything crazy. But if the business now asks that question in Los Angeles, according to this law, if it goes through, it's it's gotten the city council's backing. The business owner could be fined $500 for asking a applicant if they have a criminal history. So... Anyway, make of that what you will. Increasing regulatory uh, structures and regulatory re uh, prevention of, of, of business activity that, that continues in the legal and political sphere in our country. Now, um, speaking of history, you heard earlier in the broadcast that California schools are in history and social studies classes teaching about homosexuality to second graders on all the way up through school. That's that's the official position statewide now. And this one out of the college fix. Most top colleges do not require students majoring in history to take U.S. history classes. A any history, U.S. history class. So you can 
get a degree in history in colleges across America, as an American college graduate, you can come out having studied zero about your own country's history, which would be alarming in any country, but is especially concerning given the fact that that U.S. history teaches some of the most valuable principles of civil government ever established in world history. Those are in the Declaration of Independence, in the Constitution. And I remember a study that was done where they, they gave um, a mock history test, an actual history test, but not for a grade or anything, but they, they tested history knowledge in a survey of, of college students. And they found that they, they, they would quote like, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, you know, from the Declaration of Independence. Where, where did this quote come from? And college students, large, large, large pluralities of them saying that comes from the Communist Manifesto. That was the liberating idea of Karl Marx. And so we're, we're producing a generation of ignorance of these historical principles. But you know, really more concerning is ignorance of the Bible. Are we getting into the word of God, not just understanding the history and the principles of freedom, but freedom from sin and beholding that Lamb of God? We'll see you next time. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. Lord willing, we will all overcome and be those who stand in white robes and sing the song of the Lamb. But I'm talking to teenagers right now saying, make it easier for yourself. Kay Kuzma, speaking to parents now, she's a parenting expert, written extensively on parenting, and she said, the video games during those teenage years can destroy almost everything we've done before. So parents, you made sure your little ones you know, were loved and cared for. You made sure they didn't watch violent programs. You made sure that they were in church and that they were learning about Jesus. And then they become teenagers, or 12 or 10, and they start playing the violent video games. And Kay Kuzma says, going to destroy everything you did before if you let your kids get into this. But good news we can overcome. My favorite verse on this, thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.